0: You'll the to to make sense of it, Hello, all of you amazing people, and welcome again to another episode of Figurisms. I am your host, Grant Trimble, and in this show, I talk to creatives such as models, photographers, painters, etc., That utilize nudity in their work. The whole purpose of this is to try and understand with greater depth the message, meaning, and choices behind the people traveling this path, as well as foster a greater comprehension of the use of nudity in the arts. These topics personally interest me, as I myself am a photographer that falls into this category, but the motivations behind why people are drawn to this can be very wide-ranging. They usually begin at a deeply personal level, but can also give rise to bigger statements meant to address the public as a whole. My hope is to alleviate some of the stigmas surrounding this endeavor, as well as try and add some context to the greater cultural dialogue regarding sexuality. In this episode, I have the pleasure of talking to the Norwegian model and creative, Ingvild. There are many things that make this conversation interesting, but one of the things that stood out to me pretty quickly is that Ingvild started her modeling career 10 years ago when she was 38 years old. After getting to know her a little bit, this doesn't come as a surprise as her passion and commitment to the arts becomes clearly evident throughout the course of our conversation. By the end of our talk, we touch on many other topics that include her role in the movie business, her affinity for weird, crazy, emotional, and scary things, her diorama work, being in a supportive relationship, protesting shame, and more. My recommendation to get the full effect is to sit back, relax, and let what Ingvild has to say sink in. When people ask you what you do, how do you answer them?
1: Um, If they ask me what I do for a living, I tell them about my work, which is to be a costume designer for movies and films. Um, And um, I mean, if they ask about the modeling, then I explain to them what it is I'm doing which is, um, well, that's a long, <laughs> that's a <laughs> <Yeah>. long story. <laughs> we we're going to get into that. Yeah. It, it sort of depends who's asking. Um, so it can be a complex uh, question. Yeah, it could be, a, yeah, sort of. But it's becoming easier now that I've been doing it for so many years. So it's um, it's also easier for me to see it as an art project, Uh, And something to be proud of and not something to kind of do in the shadows and try to hide from people, which I did the first years. Of your modeling? Um, Yeah, the modeling.
0: And as far as the, the costume design, how long have you been doing that?
1: Oh, I've been doing it since I was 25 or something. 24. I started uh, getting into movies and working, well, I did design school at first, and then I got into the movie business and started out as a production assistant and all sorts of things to get into it. And then, then I started getting work as a costume uh, assistant and set costumer, and then um, I started doing design for movies, and that's what I'm doing. Right now, Uh, but as a freelancer, so that's, uh, that's how I support myself. And I'm able to have um, quite a bit of spare time that I can travel whenever I feel the need to it.
0: It -hmm. sounds like really fascinating work. Personally, that would be something that I would even enjoy doing, but do you, do you enjoy being in that business? Is that something that you find rewarding?
1: I do find it very re- rewarding. And uh, what I do appreciate about it a lot is the the variation and the fact that I'm not stuck in an office, but that I can meet interesting people and also create stories and be part of, you know, uh, telling stories and creating characters and um, creating images, really.
0: Now, the movie business, I know, kind of has uh, a pretty... Recognize international uh, following in Norway, which is where you're from. Mm-hmm. Would, can you give us even a little background of Norway? Because I don't think a lot of people are very familiar with it. It's it's. I know it's right next to Sweden. From mm-hmm. what I understand, it's the population is only around five million people, right?
1: I think it's closer to six. Okay. At the moment, I might be wrong. <laughs> it's not, but I think it's closer to six. But it's a, it's a fairly small. Uh, country. Yeah, it's on the uh, to the west of Sweden. So it's by the, we have a long coastline.
0: Did you grow up in Oslo, which is, that's the capital, correct?
1: It's the capital. Um, no, I live in Oslo now, but I grew up in Buda. Uh, it's uh, in the north, pretty far north, north of the Arctic Circle. So I grew up in the uh, you know, the part of Norway, which is dark in the winter, like day and night, dark and uh, sunlight day and night in the summer. So um, that's a pretty special place to grow up. It's by the coast.
0: Is How big is the city that you grew up in?
1: Uh, it's, uh, it's a medium-sized city.
0: So, it do, it's not does very kind of big. does everybody kind of know everyone?
1: Um, more or less, yes, but it's like a small town.
0: Kind of where my mind is going with this is that recently you you posted a picture on your Instagram from when you were sixteen, talking about how you mm-hmm. wanted to be a model and you talked your parents <laughs> into going. I don't know if you were going to Oslo for vacation and. You got to eventually, I think you said a year later, meet Eileen Ford, which for people who don't know, for is one of the founders mm-hmm. for the Ford Modeling Agency, which is one of the biggest modeling agencies in the in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that and and kind of w- why you wanted to get into that, especially if you know you said you're kind of from a, somewhat of a smaller city, and mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that story?
1: Yes, um, well, (laughs) living up north, uh, there was a lot of time to uh, fantasize and dream about the big things I wanted to do when I grew up. And um, I was, uh, um, yeah, I really wanted to try to become a model for some reason. I didn't know if I had the looks or anything, but I was uh, certainly dreaming about it. And I was, um, yeah, it was in the summer. I was we were going to my grandparents who lived in the sort of in the down uh, in the southern part of Norway and then from there it was it wasn't that long a ride to go to Oslo it was like five hours or something and I had contacted this model agency um, and then they told me I could come and do a test shoot which I did and The next year, I think I contacted them again and they said, yeah, sure, Eileen Ford is coming to Oslo this summer and you should come meet her and, you know, bring the photos and everything. And so I did. Um, I met with her. There were a lot of girls who were tall and blonde and everything you needed to be. And I, I don't know, (laughs) I sort of felt I didn't really fit in and I, uh got to say hello to Eileen Ford and she was um, squeezing my cheekbones and my chin a little bit and she said that um, she didn't talk to me. She looked at her assistants or the other model people and she said, oh no, it's her bone structure. And then that was it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think she felt that, you know, she wanted my face to be different or smaller or something but you realized there was nothing to do because my bones were they were shaped like this so I couldn't lose weight or anything so I was lost case it was not was no chance
0: <laughs> you're 16 years old when you have someone sit there poking and prodding you and who's someone that I'm sure you respected their opinion you know for various reasons but did that just mm-hmm. kind of destroy your world
1: no absolutely not i uh, it, i mean it was a uh, Sort of a, it was a bad day, but uh, I didn't really, it did not destroy my world at all. I didn't think I would have the chance to be a model maybe, but it didn't bother me that much. No, it wasn't. I, I don't really recall it being that awful, actually. I was just really ashamed when I was there and I was blushing and I just felt that oh no <laughs> I'm because not of the comparison
0: that. with the other women there or the other <laughs> yes, girls there. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Because I was a teenager and of course you compare yourself and I did not look like the other ones at all.
0: Well, you said <laughs> so, you didn't feel um, like you fit you fit in. Why didn't you feel like you fit in? Was there anything um, in particular or uh,
1: I don't know. It's about being like from the being more sophisticated and wearing more like fashionable clothes, I guess, or I felt like I maybe I came from the countryside more than these girls, but you know you're just like super insecure when you're that age, so probably you know they were just as insecure as me, but at least they seemed to be much more confident and um, that they would be more fit for fashion, which i I really wasn't, I I wasn't ever fit for fashion. And um, I realized that at that point, so.
0: What year was this?
1: uh, That was in 1987, I think.
0: And then you mentioned in your Instagram post that it kind of propelled you into this world of art modeling, or I don't know about if propelled is the right word, but kind of opened this world up to art modeling. At what point did that happen? So being 16, at what point did you start doing the art modeling?
1: Oh, it was way, way uh, later. (laughs) It was, I just forgot about the whole thing. And I was working in movies for years and years. I didn't do any modeling at all. And then it was just by coincidence. Like in 10 years ago, when... I just bumped into it again. And I was a totally different person in many ways. And then um, I just stumbled across some great photos uh, at a science fiction convention. <laughs> there was uh, a- an exhibition. And my, my husband said that, well, these are your kind of photos. You should contact this photographer and ask maybe she wants to take your photos. And at that time, I was uh, much more into, you know, erotic art. I had been reading or been a fan of S magazine for some years. And um, I was also trying to do like an erotic comic book. So I was uh, very inspired by, you know, Milo, Manara and Krepax. And, you know, so I was also drawing erotic um, drawings. And... um, the photos we saw at the exhibition were more surreal, more uh, like a story. It was a nude girl in a, in a kitchen and the photographer was Julia Luan, which is my friend here in Norway. And um, we started shooting. I mean, she wanted to shoot with me and we did some really great photos. And of course they were nude and that was something entirely different than what I'd been experiencing before.
0: Was that the first time you uh, ever shot with somebody nude? Uh,
1: yes, it was I mean, I'd done something, I think, at some point, or it wasn't completely nude, but i done some uh, just for friends um some years before that, but no, this was the real first real shoot and first nude shoot and it, it was which was supposed to be a bit more uh artistic, so it yeah, it was the first time.
0: What, you mentioned the erotic comic book, did you ever finish that?
1: No, I didn't, no, but I was drawing a lot and I had some ideas for, you know, some, um, uh, uh, not biographical, but like based on experiences and things. So uh, yeah, I wanted to do that, but it wasn't finished, no.
0: That's a pretty big uh, time period. From when you were 16 to, you said, so how, how old were you when you first started shooting with this person? You, f- you first kind of started modeling. How old were you then? You said it was about uh, 10 years I ago. I
1: was, uh, yeah, that was, I was 38. That was my first shoot ever as a nude model.
0: I'm curious to know that essentially that time period and, and how you got from sort of point A to point B there. I'm sure it's not an incredibly linear one where, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of ups and downs and stuff like that, but (laughs) you mentioned that you kind of started getting into erotic art and stuff like that. What, Mm -hmm. which, which is actually something that I I do want to bring up as well in regards to your modeling, but how did you begin to explore that? Was there like a moment in time or how did, how did you kind of start getting into that world? Was there Uh, like a particular artist or you said you had, had Um, are you, I see You had your husband was very supportive as well, which is amazing when your significant other is supportive of, of your work and kind of there mm-hmm. for you in that way. Uh, I, I know mm-hmm. I can speak personally from that, but mm-hmm. how did you get into that whole thing?
1: Uh, I think it was, um, <clears throat> I don't think it was one particular moment, but I think it was all about... Uh, being in the relationship that I'm in, which is a very, uh, (laughs) well, there's an openness for many things and my, my husband collects, um, comic books and movies and, um, we've always been talking about a lot of things and, you know, exploring things and he also encouraged me to, to take up drawing again, which I hadn't been doing for many years and I think it's about also growing up more and being more um, adventurous and uh, curious about new things. And I was buying fashion magazines and then I started buying the S magazine. It's a Danish magazine, which influenced me a lot. And my husband also uh, works in a a bookstore, which um, sells really great art books and I think we just it just um fueled my my interest for for all these kinds of things and um, yeah it was just uh, one thing led to another i guess
0: did your uh <laughs> did you grow up in kind of a conservative family were you, are your parents were they very supportive of this
1: it wasn't particularly conservative but uh <laughs> I think it was pretty normal. I think my my parents let me and my brothers um be very creative. I mean, we always created things and had things going, but uh the, the nudity and the, the erotic part of me and all of that it's uh, that has nothing to do with my family. That's just uh, my thing. Yeah. So, no, they they don't really they don't know so much about um all of the kind of modeling i know it, they know that i'm modeling and then i'm traveling around but they they of course they haven't seen all my my photos or anything and um how yeah, how many siblings do you have i have two brothers one uh, younger and one older
0: okay so right in the middle then
1: yes. yeah i'm
0: i'm always curious cuz i'm from a big family i'm one of 10 i'm actually the oldest of 10 um, and you know i grew i grew up mm-hmm. in a very conservative catholic environment and I'm always Mm -hmm. interested in knowing how, you know, people's environment sort of ends up shaping them. Because for me, I kind of keep my photography is, you know, kind of separate, a separate world from a lot of what I do. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they know that I do photography, but it's nothing that I actually kind of bring up to them or anything like that. So maybe something similar in your case, but yes, I know that Europeans tend to be kind of a little bit more open as far as nudity Mm -hmm. is concerned I didn't know if maybe you grew Mm -hmm. up in a household where Mm -hmm. that was even just sort of part of the culture because I I know Mm in some some more northern European countries uh, Mm -hmm. you know they do like the saunas and stuff like that is that in Norway I you know I I don't want to
1: no that's more a Finnish thing (laughs) for Finland no no it wasn't like uh, that we were more open, like re- regarding nudity or anything. No.
0: Yeah, just you just um, kind of ventured into it. Uh, yeah, through, I think I with... was
1: always curious. I remember when I was I was keeping a diary uh, since I was seven, for many many years. And then in one of my diaries from when I was. 12, I think I have a list of all the things I want to become when I grow up. And one of them is, it's like movie star, pop singer, uh, model designer, a veterinarian, a uh, sex symbol. <laughs> so I don't know where that came from. But,
0: <laughs> but it was somewhere but there.
1: That's, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was cutting out photos of Marilyn Monroe and Debbie Harry and I was always very, you know, attracted to, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the the female shape and body and you know this kind of being a sexy.
0: <laughs> How much now? I I noticed in your on your Instagram, and this seems like it might play into your involvement in the movie business. But you work with Julie Lowen, and you're working with her on a book.
1: Uh, no, we've um, we've made two books together, and I have made one other book that I published in 2014, so I have, and that was just my own for, um, you know, collecting some of the photos I'd done the first five years of my modeling, so just self, self-publishing. self And then after that, I did one uh, together with Yule uh, Loen, which is a Polaroid a photo book um, of a, it's like a Western kind of fantasy story. <laughs> and then we did one more, which is, uh, or it's Julia's project actually, but we went on a road trip in California three years ago, and we took a lot of Polaroids on that trip as well. So that's also a book, California. Uh, so yeah, it's three books, one by myself and two with Julia.
0: So, how much did the movie industry aspect play a role into that kind of Western vibe?
1: Well, I think uh, with that book as or that project as well as for um, lots of my other shoots and projects really that the, my background in the movies is, um, is really important because it's about telling stories and i i also have the access to getting um costumes and outfits and um you know props and stuff from the rental places and um and also to create that character who's the you know the main character in this book to create her was super fun yeah it's it's uh, very much influenced by you know making movies or working in the movies.
0: Is there something that you're trying to communicate in your modeling and kind of in your work and your artwork and stuff like that? Are is there something in particular that you're trying to express or get to or let people know? Is there a theme, I guess, an overarching theme in all of it?
1: Yes. Well, I've been thinking about that a little bit and I think there is more. Uh, it's, there's a few of those. I think um, now that I've been doing it for a while, I think to communicate that it's possible to be more than one thing. I mean, I don't know if you've seen all my work, but I've I've done quite a lot of different themed shoots. But that it's possible to have a a job, a career, and be a normal person and also to be able to go all the way to to do you know crazy thing artistic things sexy things or you know to express yourself in many different ways and um, that it's possible to be a lot of different things I think it's uh, really fun for me to explore different sides of myself and to I don't know, to communicate some, I hope to to communicate some real emotions in many of my photos, depending on the kind of shoots it is. But I try to be very honest and to also get lost in some kind of world, maybe tell some stories. I hope people will be able to see sometimes a little bit behind um, what you see At the first sight, that I appreciate very much when people are, you know, commenting or sending messages about some photos that they see something or they can, you know, feel comforted by by something or recognize feelings in the photos I do. Uh, Sometimes people will uh, maybe comment on a photo, which uh, to me is like very personal or maybe as that or it could be a different kind of story that's been told in the photo but if people tell me that oh you look so you know your lips are so you know fluffy or whatever it's like okay yes but <laughs> there's some more to it
0: yeah what's what's more yeah, yeah you want there to be more behind yes, it yes i, I would do assume.
1: i do because i'm not i've never been interested in just taking pretty photos because i realized that that would put a big pressure on me because I I gave up a long, long time ago being like the pretty model. I I really feel more comfortable doing weird stuff or crazy things or scary stuff or uh, really emotional things or, you know, I feel much more confident doing, doing that.
0: And uh, I think that comes across quite a bit because one of the things that you do very well, and this is my personal opinion, but... One of the things that you do extremely well that a lot of other models don't seem to be able to or they don't want to or they're not comfortable with is you approach more sexual or graphic subject matter mm-hmm. with a level of artistry that a lot of people don't seem to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And there there are a lot of examples of this on your website, all the way from working with and, and I'm probably mispronouncing this name, but Gillis Burkett. Is that how you say it? Uh, no, I know. Try
1: again.
0: <laughs> well, how do you how how would you say it? Because I don't I don't want to butcher it. No, no, no. <laughs> but say
1: it one more time.
0: More. Uh, Gillis Gillis Oh, Gilles, uh,
1: Gilles Barquet. Is, oh yes, he's uh, Gilles uh, yeah. Barquet. His friend. Shows,
0: that shows you how cult- cultured I am.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, pardon my French. Yeah, Gilles Barquet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Pardon my pardon my French. That doesn't exist, but. You All the way from him to uh, S19, I noticed there was like a logo on some yeah, of the photos, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, so they're kind of more, some of them are kind of more graphic or mm-hmm. erotic or sexual, mm. And but you always seem to be able to maintain a level of artistry that a lot of people, I guess, like I said, it's not necessarily that they can't maybe or whether they don't want to, but you, you always seem to have a sensibility of being an artist within that. How, how do you do that? <laughs> is that something conscious or...?
1: Well, it, no, it's not conscious. Uh, I, I, I don't know, to be artistic, to do something like... I think it just... How it's becoming uh, artistic in the way you see it is um, just to be... Uh, huh, to go into it with emotion. And to to be very present in what you're doing and really feeling things and not posing, but they I like it when the photographers push me and you know they they want all the the real things that you could be places that is at first feels uncomfortable or like you you're shy to go there or like ooh this is too much but if you push yourself over that border and you just give everything. I, I think it's about intensity really uh yeah,
0: can you give an example of that of that kind of situation? Are you able to uh,
1: well i i um I could take the example of the Gilles parquet shoot which is one of my my favorite photos that I did is with um uh, there's uh, a thorn thorned uh, branch or something and uh I've got it like between my legs and holding it. And of course it's, uh, I mean, I'm not harmed at all. It's fake blood and it's wrapped, uh, uh, um, you know, some piece of fabric around the, you know, the most important parts and everything. But to kind of, uh, to imagine how it would feel to be hurt by that thing. And to also to kind of make love to it, even if it's, uh, you know, a painful thing or you just have to put yourself or I put myself in some kind of mood and then yeah that's one example but there could be other things when you're just going to express like with the S19 project Or Sunbed, Science's real name is very good uh, at doing the erotic photography and he he just wants the real you know the real emotions like you almost You have to go so far and just imagine everything possible to 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 be able to give them the raw sexuality and i think it's about giving something that i would like to see this you know to see some real things and and try to find that in yourself
0: i know the uh, photo you're talking about with the vine and that's a an incredibly intense photo, but I think there are a lot of models who probably wouldn't kind of venture into that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you can tell there's a a real presence that you have there. Have you always been that comfortable, or is that something that you've built?
1: I I think um, that's a good good question because I so when I started doing the the erotic photography it was always very easy for me it it wasn't i mean if of course it depends on the photographer and if you feel comfortable with the photographer and i have been always choosing super carefully because i you know this is just my my art project it's never been a job so i just choose people i have a very good connection or good chemistry with so i know i'll be able to you know be as free as i want to be but Yeah, I think as an erotic model, I've always been able to do that. But I haven't. uh, I mean, if you ask me if I was like that when I was 18, I absolutely wasn't. I was afraid (laughs) of many things. But to, to get into the nude art modeling, you get to know yourself very well and explore things. And it gives confidence. So it's very liberating.
0: Do you remember when there was a shift because you said you weren't like that when you were younger and then as you got older and kind of you had the drive or desire to kind of get involved in this, do do you remember if if there or when there was a change in that? Mm -hmm. And I can give an example from myself and I might have brought this up before to Rory, but I remember, for example, my wife and I, we met when we were freshmen in college and we pretty much started shooting right away and I had always been very influenced by the works of like Helmut Newton mm-hmm. and um, Alfred Stiglitz was something even that my, my parents had a book of when I was younger and his work was always very inspiring. And I was always, I always wanted to explore that world of nude photography and I had a little bit before I was 18 uh, but it was really when I met my wife that we just kind of dove into that world and she's always kind of been my, my model. And, but I remember after we got married, just remember making a mental, like there was this mental line where I just almost felt somewhat embarrassed. And I remember being ta- talking to her and I'd been doing photography for years now, but I just said, I just want to shoot nudes. That's all I want to do. I don't really want to shoot anything else. Like I'm not that interested in shooting, for example, landscapes or anything like that. And she just went, Oh, I know. I didn't know if there was that moment where there was an element of like embarrassment or shame, and then you kind of overcame it because the desire to do it was so great. Is there anything that kind of comes to mind at all in that that time period?
1: You mean the time period uh, when I've been modeling the last 10 years?
0: Or before that, that that kind of Mm. just that mental shift that kind of made you say, not only do I want to be involved in this, but I'm going, you're going, you kind of went head first and kind of went for the more extreme modeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Not ext- I don't I mean that's maybe not the best mm. word, but your commitment to it, mm. you just kind of dove right in head first.
1: Huh.
0: Cuz it does take a, lo- a lot of confidence mm. to do the work that you do. Okay. And a lot of commitment and vulnerability too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're putting yourself out there in a way that a lot of people can misinterpret and can even judge you. Yeah. And I'm sort of curious as to that change that happened and why do you, like, what is it that's just drawing you towards that?
1: Yeah, what, what could have happened? Uh, I think, uh, I don't, I'm I'm afraid I, I don't know exactly a shift that drove me towards this because I've been doing, when I got involved with my husband, I mean, we certainly, it opened my mind, my mind in many ways to, to get in, involved with him and um but there was so many years when I wasn't really thinking about I mean I never planned to do this model thing it was just something that happened by coincidence but um I've always been having a need to express myself one way or another and I've been but I didn't think I could be a performance artist which I sometimes I see myself more as that I didn't think I had the the courage to do this kind of thing before I actually started doing it. So the shift started as soon as I had done my first shoot, I think, and then it was okay. This is it. This is what I want to do. I have. This is my passion. I don't know. There were, I think there was many small things in the in the years before that, which more on the personal level and and experiments and. And uh, experiences that I've been doing for many years, but I didn't think I would be a, a model. I think I could do more, maybe provide, maybe to write a blog like an erotic blog, to to draw and to maybe make cartoons, erotic cartoons, and you know, writing erotic books under a um, you know fake name or something. So I wanted to express this kind of side of me, you know some more around was a
0: side of you that wanted to come out
1: yes and then when I got into modeling I the you know the first shoot I knew okay this is the way <laughs> this is how to do it and this is where I'm gonna this is my playground now so I mean I didn't think that but it just came pretty quickly to me because after I did the first shoot I I got my uh, profile on Model Mayhem and then it, the snowball really started rolling very quickly because I I got attention and I was I just remember the first time I put the photo out there it was such a kick I was like oh my god five people saw this and they clicked like on it <laughs> you know it was such a thrill and I it was uh, absolutely addictive and then I added some more photos and I had People from England and fans and other places writing to me, wanting to shoot with me, and I thought, "Oh, <laughs> but I'm not a model, <laughs> but I certainly want to go to England." You are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Still feel like I'm, you know, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I've, I've... <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just, uh, it just opened a totally new world to me, and uh, then I just wanted to do that. I was completely obsessed just wanted to try everything. I found uh, photographers that were, uh, you know, amazing, who could live, you know, in America or somewhere. And I I would write to them and think, oh, I wonder if they will answer me. And then they said, yeah, sure, you can come and shoot. And then, you know, everything was possible all of a sudden. So, I mean, that was a super big shift.
0: So what did that look like when you shifted into the modeling world, you started traveling, what did that time period look like? So where what was kind of the first place that you went and some of the first people that you worked with?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the first places I went, uh, it was, I started going to London and uh, I shot with a wonderful photographer. Uh, he's called uh, Erotic Kalia on uh, Model Mayhem. We went to some amazing locations. We explored things. We went to you know, to Brighton and Tetbury, We were driving around and uh, trying to break into an old uh, mental asylum and we were caught by guards and, you know, it was all super exciting. And we were really into the same kind of, we liked the same kind of photos, we liked the same kind of photographers. So it was very inspiring to get to know this particular guy. And then I found some other people in London to work with as well. So that and then some people came to Norway as well, Some a French photographer. Then I shot with a few people here in Norway. We went to a mental asylum called uh, Dikemark. So that was also, you know, uh, an exciting part of it all, to get access to some interesting buildings and to, to get dirty and, uh, you know... Uh, you know, just explore. And um, also, Erutikalia, he came to Norway because he really wanted to shoot in the snow. And he came in the part of winter, which were, was the coldest in a long, long time. And he really wanted to shoot in the snow. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: and you went out in it naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we did. We That's essentially what that means for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was. Uh, that was the first time I shot in the. You know. very cold shoot doing nudes in the snow and then I I went to yeah and also another one who was really great uh it's called pixel studio and he was also French and he came to Norway and we also did some crazy things so the first year was more or less Europe and then I started going to I think I went to America the first time in 2011 I got in touch with a guy called Velvet Scars And so we went on a road trip with him and his girlfriend for three weeks and went to shoot with, you know, the wet (coughs) wet plate artists, Ed Ross and Mark Sink.
0: Yeah, they're amazing photographers. Mm -hmm.
1: So, um, and then I went to New York to shoot with uh, Gary Breckheimer, or I had actually, I think I shot with him when he was in, in France the year before i i stalked him i was in london and he was in london and i and he said no i'm sorry i can't shoot with you i don't have more time i'm going to france and i said well i'm going to france too so so and i also
0: what a coincidence yeah
1: it was a coincidence so we've been shooting a lot since then to do the urban nudes is also you know it's a different thing it's uh it's not as much about getting into, you know, a super emotional thing, but it's about, you know, it's really a thrill and a adrenaline kick to... Uh,
0: you almost kind of become a structure in it with his work. That's kind of what the models, in a way, they mimic somewhat the landscape. So then, how often do you travel?
1: These days, I don't travel as much because now I have some other projects that I've been Uh, having as a priority for some time. But at the most, I was traveling maybe once or twice a month. You know, a weekend here and a weekend there. And a couple of times or three times a year to New York. Uh, I was traveling really (laughs) all the time.
0: Was it really just to be able to model? Yeah, I mean obviously there's the enjoyment of traveling as well but did you kind of meld those two things together on purpose or
1: well yes sort of uh, I guess the, um, it's a combination because i I did want it to shoot and to model and in order to do that i I needed to travel because there you have to go <laughs> to other countries to find you know, the most interesting people. You know, I would spend time on the internet to find, you know, I would come across great photographers and I would write to them and would plan a shoot. And it became like really a big addiction for me. It was really, it still is, but I just like slowed down a little bit. But um, yeah, definitely. I mean, to be able to travel to new places, and to meet like-minded, interesting, creative people and to create interesting images. It's, uh, you know, the whole thing all together, for sure.
0: So do you travel a lot for your your job?
1: Uh, now that I, after I started modeling, I also started turning down the, the movie projects or the film projects that would, uh, rec- you know, that were... Uh, shooting abroad because I I didn't want to stay away all the time so I wanted to just you know work on commercials and short-term projects in Norway and then you know save money and then go somewhere to shoot so no I, I'm, I haven't I mean I haven't worked on movies in LA or anything but I mean the furthest I've been for, for my work is in Portugal but then it's on location in Norway usually
0: so it's interesting that you've structured your whole life you know over the past 10 years you've kind of structured it around the ability to be able to model mm-hmm. yeah so i i just think that's it's really fascinating especially for most people it's kind of a a young person's game mm-hmm. so to say and obviously there's a very personal and creative element to all of it but i just i just think it's It says a lot about how committed you are. (laughs) But in all of this process, working with sexual subject matter, is there, is it been a learning process? I guess in regards to how you see sexuality, just beyond the act of sex. Do has it kind of opened your mind in that respect?
1: Mm. I've. Or,
0: or maybe a better way to put it is, do you hold any thoughts that are, I guess, not held by most people? in regards to sexuality or or your kind of perspectives on it, how do they contrast with how most people see it?
1: Well, I don't know how most people see it, but I think there's a lot of double standards out there. And my thing, I guess, is to... Yeah, I guess it's changed me a little bit because it's easy to feel ashamed, um, especially as a a woman, I think, about being a very sexual person. And you're supposed to, I don't know, I, for me, it's like I'm pro- protesting a little bit against the shame. Although I, I still, it's a struggle, uh, not so much anymore. But when I started, it was like, okay, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm doing it. And to be like open and free in front of the camera, it's been a process for sure, and to work with the kind of shame that the culture is putting upon you. And to to maybe to show to other people that uh, I can do this, you know, it's, <laughs> it's totally okay to be this kind of sexual person. I don't know if this is answering your question, but I don't think it's changed my, my view upon sexuality. But it's very personal in the sense that I'm I'm all the time I'm challenging myself because I was a pretty shy person as a teenager and I was kind of super awkward with boys. And yeah, it's all just the part of growing up to be a more, more confident person in your own sexuality, I guess.
0: Do you get a lot of kind of hate mail or people... Saying negative things to you on the internet and stuff like that, no, n- or even in your daily life, maybe? no,
1: I never. <laughs> maybe I'm lucky. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't receive any hate mails uh, at all.
0: Do you think some people misinterpret your work or as and see it as something pornographic? Or how do you justify that? Or do you? Where I guess is the line for you between? nudity like nude artwork and pornography and I know it's can be different for different people but do you think about that at all yes
1: I certainly do and I like to play with the line and I'm sure people, some people will see my my work as pornography and not see the you know and, and if they do well it's uh, it doesn't really bother me because I, I really know that I can stand for what I'm doing and that I think, uh, to me, it's artistic. How I mean, I've been going quite far in many photos, but I don't see them as pornographic. I think it's because, and it's not about the lighting or black or white or anything. It's about committing to something and really getting into something and being honest so, and that distinction, I, I don't know that distinction. I know that I just want to, you know, explore different parts of, of sexuality and emotions. And if you do that with uh, artistic uh, minded or, you know, talented people, then it will turn out to be, in my eyes, uh, a good photo and, and not porn, but... I remember I was talking with George Pitts about that as well. And I said, we were talking about porn and and I said, because I, I don't want to do porn. And they said, would that be so, you know, do you not like it or what would be wrong about that? And uh, I guess there's nothing wrong about that. But um, no, I guess I just want to create some interesting photos.
0: I've heard a quote before and I I disagree with it where it says the difference between an art nude and pornography is the lighting, kind of like what you said. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's not the lighting Mm -hmm. to me. It very, very much is about having a mentality. And I think that that is kind of the difference and it's not something that a lot of people can really hang something on or can tell very clearly. But I think that when you intend to, for it to be something creative, it has a depth that, and serves a different purpose than what pornography is trying to essentially affect. But um, if if your work could change anything, what would you want it to change? Mm. Especially maybe even in that regard.
1: In that regard. Um,
0: or do you feel that your work contributes to a uh, society or culture in any way?
1: Maybe just, uh, I mean, in these days when uh, it's a lot of double standards and some parts of the world are getting more conservative than ever and you have the uh, you know people are afraid of the nudity and the nipples and everything I think it's more important than ever just to create art and to be you know whatever you want to be and also to uh, well just to be open nudity is uh, you know it's totally natural and sexuality is natural and if it could just make people feel you know uh, liberated or can be free in what they are. that's uh you know that would be a good thing and i I think it's interesting because i I published my this book a few years ago, and uh it's been interesting because i you asked me if I get any hate mail, no, I don't, but I have had lots of girls who really love the more explicit and the more daring things. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> it, it was a little bit different than what I expected. Uh, but I really, you know, I feel, that makes me feel really happy. I don't know why, but I think it's uh, it's cool for girls to see that other girls are are free and open and confident in, in their bodies.
0: Have you ever seen yourself, because you mentioned when you were a young girl, kind of wanting to be a sex symbol. <laughs> Have you ever thought of yourself as a symbol in, the, in your own right? In that here you are, kind of defying a lot of what culture deems to be acceptable. Uh, you know, like you said, there's kind of the shaming and stuff surrounded mm. surrounding nudity, and you've very much committed to this world of modeling and nude modeling. And on top of it, you're also older than what most people would s- almost. The culture would say as even being acceptable mm. do you see yourself as kind of a trailblazer in that respect and kind of a, in a role model
1: uh yes i mean i don't see myself as that but i it would be cool if i were because it's uh i don't want to do things that is normal i always do things in the in the wrong i mean um I, I start in the wrong end usually and no it's totally not i mean i'm older than most people are when they're modeling i i mean if i could show the world that no you could be anything you can do anything there's no rules to when to do what and you don't need to have kids you don't need to grow up you don't need to you know stop anything if you're uh you know 30 or 40 or whatever you you really can do whatever you want to do so yeah i think uh that's at least is my philosophy, and if I could be a role model in that, that's um, that's really awesome.
0: <laughs> well, I think you're a role model. It, <laughs> if that means anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think I think it is very. It's very inspiring, and I think that it makes a statement as well. You know, it's it's it is made for an audience, so to say, and I include my work in this as well. I know it's not necessarily going to bring world peace or something like that, but. But, I, but at, the, at the same time, sexuality is something that is a part of our, our everyday lives. So I, I think it is important that people see it in a more dimensional way and they see the depth and they see that it's not just something that is reserved or something that is shameful or bad and just kind of reserved for the world of the bedroom, so to say. Mm. I think by pulling these things out in the open and being able to look at them we can have a more healthy understanding mm. and essentially even gain maybe even a confidence in ourselves, much kind of like the process of your modeling. Mm. Like you said, you were more shy and you've probably become someone that you didn't maybe even know that you could have been.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The The last 10 years, is, they have been the most important in my life because of all the, the experiences and all the, you know, creative things I've been Able, and and the collaborations with really wonderful people so it's it's meant everything
0: what are some of the biggest changes i guess in that respect that you see in yourself
1: well to be feel to just feel even more independent which has always been extremely important for me to feel that you know there's nothing that limits me in terms of you know where i can Travel, who I can communicate with, and to be able to work with and talk to all kinds of different people, and and to also feel that I have something to bring, that I'm um, I'm more confident that I I'm an I'm a person, I'm an interesting person, even because when I, you meet people that you really admire and great artists, and you feel that you connect with them, and you you. Create something together, and you both are part of it, and and then you come out on the at the other end, and you feel that like you've been an equal part of it, and yeah, so it really builds up um, your feeling as a, that you're a person, <laughs> if I could express it that way. Yeah, it really makes it stronger.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's something I think all of us really want as human beings is, is to feel that we personally can are contributing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the world in kind of a way that we uniquely, I guess, sort of fit in, mm. or that in that we want to fit in as well. Mm. And you seem to have found that. But during this process, have there been any incredibly difficult moments that you've run into?
1: Like, uh, some, f- <laughs> well, it depends if you mean mental or physical, but I mean,
0: more my- mental. More mental, I guess, and just the psychological aspect. Well, I, uh, it, and
1: in the beginning, I felt like when I started the first years, it was very easy for me to be very expressive and sexual and weird and everything. But if people would come close to my face with a camera, I wanted to do a portrait. I found it absolutely, you know, horrifying. It was so scary. It was so like no (laughs) you know it was uh, was
0: it almost too personal uh,
1: no not too personal but i was never you know my my face and the you know for someone to shoot only my face made me feel really um, insecure you know but now i've been you know it's not like that anymore but i can remember that was extremely intimidating and and scary in the start because i wasn't confident about my face i knew you know with an nude body you could do all sorts of things but the face is more even more personal somehow and I wasn't sure you know I could pull it off or pretend to be a a real model when you know but that that's one thing but I think the more the other parts that have been difficult is you know once in a while very seldom I have to admit but a few times there's been some photographers who you know weren't really um maybe the best people and to i i never um uh stopped the shoot i never walked away from anything i always you know just um done the whole shoot but i've been feeling very uh uncomfortable a, a few times if uh the photographers you, you realize they just want you to be you know a naked slut and you know they could yeah, there's been some uncomfortable situations, but not anymore. I mean, you you really learn these things really quickly, and you avoid these kinds of people when you have to pretend. And they want the stuff that they've seen in other photos, so they still want you to be, you know, go all the way and uh, to be very sexual. And then I have, to, and then I've had to pretend because I couldn't really relax and and do it for real. So I had to pretend and uh, those couple of times have been extremely <laughs> uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, there has to be a pretty significant level of trust with the people you work with to be able to to work in that manner. And yes. there's models always usually have at least one story where it's kind of the same thing where they didn't feel comfortable with the person and you know they just they weren't able to obviously then be open and it was an enjoyable experience obviously.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm curious to know how much of a, a role do you see your husband playing or i guess even if it's just support how how important has that relationship been in regards to your modeling
1: well the support i've always been supporting myself and paying for my own travels so so that's the uh, he's well, not mean, a more of you like know, the
0: not necessarily financial support but the the emotional support
1: the mono- emotional support has uh, been extremely important because if he had not been comfortable with me doing all these things, of course, it would have been a nightmare because it's all I've been doing for many years. It's been very important to have the support from home and to know that he was proud of me and to love the stuff that I'm doing and, you know, being very, yeah, absolutely supportive in, in every level. And to also be in, um, you know, in a good relationship and have best friend and husband always being there for you and then that makes you i I'm, i mean i'm i wouldn't have been this brave if i was by myself single 20 years old traveling around the world that i've been doing but i've felt you know that i'm I'm safe always because i have this base at home and yeah and also to to discuss the creative things and the the things I've been doing and the things I want to do. So, yes, it's, uh, it's super important.
0: Does he give... he has been it?
1: very patient.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does the, yeah. That's always a good attribute for someone that you're married to. <laughs> yeah. uh, does, uh, does he have a lot of artistic input in, in kind of what you do? Does he kind of push you in certain ways or give you f- a lot of feedback?
1: No. No, it's been, that has been, I would say that is only my thing. I I find my photographers and I tell them this is what I want to do. I want to shoot with this guy. And I discuss with the photographer. I don't really involve him in this. I, I love to show him the stuff after. And sometimes, well, he doesn't really want me to do very dangerous stuff, so I don't really tell him all the things before I go. (laughs) So, and then I, (laughs) when I get back and I show him the photos, he's like, "Okay, so you were uh, um out on the bridge over, you know, the, um, sand. and uh, okay, cool, but you can't swim, so that's awesome." You know, he doesn't really want me to be in danger, so yeah, he cares cares about you. Things after.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so. How long then have? How long have you guys been together? I don't. You know, I don't want to. If you don't want to answer that, you don't have to. But I'm just. I'm curious.
1: Oh yes, uh, we have been together since two, oh no, two two thousand. Okay. or Nineteen ninety nine is. Is it?
0: No. Yeah. That's about how my wife and I we met in two thousand one. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, so it's um,
1: about the same.
0: Yeah having someone who is a support in that respect it can make or break you so that's kind of where you know i'm curious you know kind of from from that aspect but um where is it that you're trying to go now artistically in the realm of nude modeling do you have a vision of sort of where you want to go, or is it more about just exploring and kind of diving deeper into, into the world?
1: I, I feel there's a shift now, and I'm really like looking for some new takes on it, because 10 years of doing this, um, and traveling the same places, and working a lot with the same people, which has been awesome, because I really like to have like a continuity with people, but I, and I, I never thought I would be doing it for this long, so I never planned anything. So now I feel that it's time maybe to to rethink a little bit and see, okay, what have I not done? Where can I go? What can I do? So the the thing I've been doing this summer, I, I went to Moscow, uh, which seemed like an impossible thing to do. So that was a new challenge to go somewhere completely different and shoot with... Uh, a great guy called Sergei Romanov, he shoots amber types. But in terms of uh, vision, I'm, uh, I'm just now completing another project that I'm doing, the miniature project. And when that is done, I'm going to see where I'm taking the modeling. I, I certainly want to continue because I thought, you know, I would be you know, too old or too uh, that I've felt that I've done it too much or whatever, but I I don't, I really think I am going to do it for, for many years.
0: I wanted to ask you about your miniatures. Would you be able to talk a little bit about that? I know it's a little bit of a change of subject, but I'm curious to know more about that.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) How did you start, or when did you start getting into it? How did you start getting into it? And what is that project about?
1: Well, this project is um, its a series of dioramas, like miniature sets that I'm creating. And I got the idea in 2011 when I was in San Francisco and I went to a museum called Love to Death. Uh, or it's not a museum, it's a store and they have a little part of the store, it's an exhibition. And there was some taxidermy animals with clothes on in you know in small boxes like little settings and I thought then I got the idea I mean the guys I was traveling traveling with um Velvet Scars and his girlfriend I was talking to them in the car after I said I, I really want to do something like that and then the um, ID started spinning a little bit around this and I thought when I got back to Norway that maybe I need to start learning taxidermy and finding animals and, and make this because I've always been attracted to these kinds of, of things. I mean, the little scary, cute animals, since I grew up with Beatrice Potter, um, a British, you know, she was drawing and making stories.
0: Yeah, I late... have some of those books. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So, uh, and the, um, the tale of the... Um, Two bad mice was my favorite story as a child. So I've always been attracted to little mice who's expressionless and super cute and doing really bad things. It my so mom scary. used to
0: read those to me when I was yeah? when I was younger. <laughs> oh yeah, the, uh, the illustrations oh, are cool. amazing.
1: Yes, I mean they're just wonderful. And I I was you know I was really into those when I was a kid. And so yeah, when I I started. Um, you know figuring things out a little and i thought no i'm really not gonna like to do the taxidermy part so i started buying some femo some polymer clay and started creating little mice um some bigger ones so i made like fabric bodies for them and i thought no it's gonna be too big and then i you know started creating some smaller ones i found a nice wooden box And I, you know, it's, it was very, just a little bit at a time, it wasn't really going to be a project, I thought maybe I could do one box, you know, with little mice doing a Ouija board, you know, I found, I went to London, and I found this little round table and some chairs and fireplace, and I, you know, started seeing how I can make this into a room. And I was using, you know, all kinds of things that I have after my grandparents, fabrics, little things, wooden things and, you know, little buttons and and stuff. So I could, you know, use all these things. That first one took me like a couple of years to complete because it wasn't really, as I said, it was going to be a big thing. But when it was finished, I thought, oh, shit, it would be so much fun to create, like, this miniature of The Exorcist. I want to do an exorcism scene. With mice? So, with mice, yeah. Everything is with mice. <laughs> and then I sort of knew the scale of it. And I had the experience from the first one, so I could make it much more detailed.
0: Can I ask why The Exorcist?
1: Oh, it was just, uh, I'm I'm very much into horror movies. And the exorcist is, uh, you know, it's just a very, you know, classic scene when the little girl is, you know, levitating and, uh, uh, you know, and the other guy is like trying to do the exorcism on this um, girl. And I, it wasn't a particular reason. I just uh, got this vision in my head that it would be super fun to try to do this. And I found a bed little bed that I could use and and, and that was my room number two and as I was creating this room number two I started getting some other ideas and I started doing some drawings of other rooms I wanted to do because I realized that I'm I have a talent for doing these miniatures and I found better materials and better kind of clay and uh, my fingers got used to doing all these small things so and it was uh, it was really very calming, you know, to because I'm not a patient person at all. So it was uh, like a, a teaching process. I had to make myself be be patient. Well, to make a long story short, now I've, I've created 10 of those. Uh, after a while, after a few more ones, I realized that, you know, I can do I can do more things. I don't need to buy anything i can you know create uh, leather uh, chesterfield uh, furniture i can create you know stoves and ovens and you know as so and now everything is handmade because i i developed my skills and i started making things in metal and wood and everything really and
0: it, it's really impressive the, it's, the photos that you post well
1: it's impressive to me as well i didn't know if we could do this so now I have all 10 of them in a room in the apartment and when I take it, and they're covered with a pieces of fabric so they won't get dusty. So when it's all out there in the open, it's like, oh, wow, did I really make all this? That's crazy. <laughs> so, so it's really a bit surprising, yes, but it's been one step at a time and something to really... It's very calming. I guess it's f- for some people who do meditation. This is for me to forget everything and just get into, okay, how do I create a little mouse with a chessboard on her ass? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> you know, you just have to figure out these things. And in order to do so, you have to commit a hundred percent.
0: I love that you have a positive reaction to that creation process because usually when I make something, I'm always like, oh, it's garbage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's well, I, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm I'm happy to hear that.
1: Well, I, I've been I've been making things that have been absolutely shitty, and then I know it's shitty. I know it doesn't work. And then sometimes I show my husband and I say, okay, so I created this, and it's like okay, it's too big. So, oh, I knew it, I knew it. Okay, so I'm doing it again. <laughs> so I know when things are wrong, but I'm just hoping, you know, that when putting so much work into it, that, ah, oh, maybe it works. But no, I've certainly been doing things over again. But everything's a learning process.
0: It's amazing that intuition that you create over the years of, of making stuff, and, you know, especially, like you said, all the years that you've been involved in art, but yeah, you build that kind of intuition where you just know when something's something's off. But um, so you you mentioned horror films though, and personally, I hate horror films. What is it about though about horror films that you love?
1: Well, it's very uh, it's comforting. It makes me feel good to watch these things. I mean, maybe it's uh, it's confronting you with the fear of you know the scary stuff in life and death and everything. But to me, it's it really makes me happy. It gives me, you know... I don't know why. I don't have a very you know clever explanation. But it's... Uh,
0: what are some I of always your favorites?
1: the genre. Uh, well, the absolutely first one I saw when I was uh, way too young. I was, I guess, 13 or something. I wasn't allowed to see it. But it's uh, Don't Look Now. The Nicolas Rogue movie with Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. Mm-hmm. And then they... I think... Uh, Also, on my top list would be Firewalk with Me, Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me, the movie. Yeah. It's also very, very good. So, and then I really like The Changeling, which is uh, one of the best ghost stories. So, there's a lot, but those would be my three favorites, I think.
0: Is there a a particular theme then in that work, or is it just kind of in the the dioramas?
1: Yes, in the dioramas. uh, they're all set in my mind. They're set in the um, late 1800s, maybe 1900, but I think 1890. And it's uh, taking place in London, although one of the sets is in Paris. Apparently, because it's a Frederick um set. It's a photographer in in Paris. So I made this little um, diorama, which is an homage to his work. Uh, it's a little bit. Uh, an outtake from the other ones because it's more of an erotic kinky theme whereas the others are more um there's a ghost there will be a demon there's uh, exorcism there's spiritism ectoplasm uh even you know a crazy insane woman who's been taken away to the asylum you have a point uh, um you know this maid is putting poison into a cup of tea, you have murder. So there's absolutely a dark theme in all of them, like Victorian kind of darkness. And also the you know, the spirit photography that's taken place in one of them. So I'm very much inspired by this era. And um, and there's uh, this um, post-mortem uh, scene. It's a little dead mouse in a casket, because I'm, I'm really <laughs> fascinated by that post-mortem photography from this era. So it's just, I'm choosing themes. It's um, everything I love is put into this uh, dioramas. It's my in my dream. Uh, I, I would love to see these things when I was uh, little. And I, I love to see them as a grown-up as well. But
0: it's, maybe they um, can become, a, maybe you can make a movie with them, almost like a claymation movie. Yes,
1: I, I do have some plans. I have, uh, I'm creating a website this, this fall that I hope to be able to launch by the end of the year. And I only have one diorama left to do before I can, you know, I have a, a few photographers who want to shoot this um, set so I can, you know, put some great images in, my, in the website. And I'm going to do some little GIFs at least, but maybe, you know, it could be fun to do some animations as well. We'll see
0: do you feel that this diorama work influences your modeling at all
1: i think what everything you do creatively is influencing the others i think doing one thing and then going back to the other thing so yeah at the moment i'm i'm very obsessed with this this mice and everything and and creating these little sets but i don't know if it influences what i want to do or how i'm doing the modeling i don't know but it, it certainly fulfills a lot of my, um, you know, my my need to express myself. So when I, I do a lot of these dioramas, I have less a need to go and, and do the modeling. So for me, it's about finding outlets and, and to express different sides.
0: Do you know why you feel you need to express yourself? Or do you know when that began? Huh. Or even maybe think- what in particular is it? Is it just kind of a process of exploration, or is there Mm. something almost that you feel you're trying to get to inside of you that Mm. you're trying to put out there?
1: I don't think there's that as much as just being. I'm I'm curious and um, I'm a curious person, and it just really brings me a lot of happiness to create. I mean that that's when I feel the most happy whatever i do and and to create is to express yourself but to to start something that wasn't there before and to create something that is something that now it exists in the world and and i made it and to get up in the morning and know that you're going you know go somewhere do something create something it's just uh i don't know I guess I need to do it because it keeps me happy. It keeps depressions away. It keeps me, my mind um, alive, I guess. So no, just something I need to do. I, I can't not do it. I have to <laughs> do something creative.
0: Yeah, if you don't do it almost, then you aren't living in a way. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's how I feel yes. personally. The way that I almost think of it, and, and maybe you can relate, but to me, a lot of life is about responding to the mystery and where you find it to be uniquely interesting. And so I can say, for me, a lot of my, my work and what I do is I'm always trying to explore what sexuality looks like in the different sort of dynamics of sexuality. And then as far as my music, you know, there, there's an exploration of that as well. Is there a particular mystery that kind of keeps you wanting to dig and kind of go down the rabbit hole, so to say?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think there's a mystery. I think... Uh um what i really love is to is the unknown i like to to do things that i don't know where it will end how it looks how it will look at the end you know it's the mystery of the unknown if i could say anything you know i don't know i don't know why i'm creating what i do and i don't know what it will look like in the end And, and and that's the I guess that's the mystery of it and to see that oh so I did have this inside of me I didn't know uh, like if if I do a, a shoot and you see a photo come out on the other side and you realize that you you brought something to it that y- you didn't even know or you have to find some emotions that are new to you or you're asked to you know try to put your yourself in a in a certain kind of mood or create a story in your head yeah, that's
0: a mystery. Is there something that you're trying to see, though, on that mystery? Like, Because almost part of the creative process for myself, it's, you know, you dig and then almost like you uncover something, which kind of almost like an archaeologist. You know, you kind of dig and you find this thing. And uh, I didn't know if there was something that you were intentionally trying to find or a thought or a belief or, you know, because some people, are, for example, are motivated by a sort of... um or they're like religious beliefs, for example, or like a personal philosophy that they have towards life. And almost they're trying to see if that, if it makes sense, like the more they dig and the more they uncover things, you know, they go, oh, okay, this, this continues to make sense. This idea of life that I have, I guess, is there a, a general life philosophy that you have, or, or are you religious in any way? Uh, Is there kind of a way that you see the world that you're trying to almost figure out
1: Mm. i'm I'm not uh, religious i'm uh, an atheist so uh i'm not um so that's not part of it i don't really have a philosophy that way no it's just for me it's um it's it's very the whole thing is pretty playful i i just want to see how far i can take things how if i can go Ways or or directions I haven't gone before. It's it's all exploration. But I'm not trying to find anything in particular. I'm not searching for something. But everything you do is um like it's adding to you as a person. All your experiences are making you a more full person. I just want to you know feel that my life is very rich and that I'm also able to, you know, be a positive thing for other people and contribute to their illusions and work and visions. And so I'm I'm not searching for something in particular.
0: You mentioned that you are trying to kind of push things and kind of keep going. Have you ever gone too far?
1: I guess I have not really gone too far, but almost did. But some really weird coincidence it stopped it, but it was uh when someone was really trying to get into my mind like it was someone I was planning to go and shoot with in somewhere far away and before that shoot he was he wanted to be wanted it to be a very you know um personal kind of shoot, so he was asking me a lot of very personal things and also trying to break me down a little and he was uh, manipulating me a lot. I mean, I knew it was doing this, but it got to me so much, it fucked with my mind a little bit too much. And I knew that the shoot would be, it would be, could be a bit too scary, too dangerous. And that it would be much more about psychological play than, you know, creating. It could have been interesting maybe, but at the same time I'm I'm kind of happy it didn't happen cuz it could have been the thing that was too much.
0: Yeah, no that that makes sense. It's just yeah, you it could have gone maybe in a good way or it could have gone really bad and it's it's just not worth it at that yeah. point.
1: it could have been too risky and uh, not just mentally but i wasn't sure about my safety or or anything because i i wasn't really sure about this guy at all so and that was the and i've never been in that kind of situations like for real i mean i've been certainly going places and and also to people who have been you know trying to Uh, use you know the submissive side of of me and to to get very close to me in that way and to create this this dynamic that they would need for the shoot um but i haven't been i haven't felt insecure or afraid or anything i haven't really i can't really think of anything that's been too dangerous but but that one yeah i was going to detroit to do this shoot and it could have been dangerous
0: well i'm i'm glad you had the uh confidence in yourself to step away from that Mm because I think a lot of times people will kind (laughs) of talk themselves and go oh I'm just making that up just to be able to trust that instinct it says a lot I think about you
1: well yeah he wasn't happy when I canceled (laughs) Uh, it was very uncomfortable but you know uh, yeah it's uh, it's absolutely it was for the best
0: so how much has your culture influenced your work your uh, your modeling work do you do you feel it plays a role?
1: Yes, I I do to some extent. I mean, I sometimes I play against it because I'm I come from a small town in Norway. I'm far away from everything, and I've been you know all the different kinds of shoots. I've been I try to play different parts. I mean, to play different roles and try to explore different sides of myself that has nothing to do with my culture at all. And sometimes I feel that my culture is very much part of me especially when I shoot maybe perhaps in the forest or in nature that I'm very connected to. And then I can, you know, use all the the feelings I have for nature and my growing up very close to it. And that brings out something special for sure. And a lot of people are also very, you know, attracted to the fact that I'm sort of a Viking <laughs> type. So Vikings they are will pretty cool. Wanna- <laughs> Yeah. So so I mean a lot of people want to do that and do, you know, viking themed stuff and coming to Norway to shoot, in, you know, in the forest and I've been bringing viking clothes from the costume rental place and I've really loved getting into to these parts as well, although I don't really feel that, you know, it's it's a big part of me cuz I'm <laughs> it's a long time since we were vikings, but at the same time I really love that people other people love it and that uh, you know uh, people from other countries are so much into it so it's been really fun to play with with those themes as well
0: yeah it's a pretty fascinating world the in the mythology and everything surrounding it it's mystical element like the viking element so i could see why mm-hmm. people would want to play with that but um the thing that i think a lot a lot about and i kind of expressed it a little bit before but to me there's an, this part of sexuality that exists, and, and nudity is part of it. And most people equate nudity and sex to kind of be the same thing. Through this journey of nude modeling, what has, has been some of the biggest distinctions for you? Or, or ways that it's kind of opened up sort of a, another world of the, of sexuality that is separate from sex, so to say. This kind of concept is something that's very important to me that nudity could exist separate from sex and it's very yes. much like a cultural perspective that some places hold and some places don't you know there's obviously countries where people walk around without they don't wear clothes but it's always fascinating that these things can exist even in the even with the backdrop of a moral context so for example in rome that's where the vatican is and it's catholic but people feel more free. Same thing with France. People feel more free and open. And so it's kind of interesting and that's where kind of going back, I'm curious to know if you can tell that you just see it differently than maybe a lot of other people and even help share something that would help other people see it in a more healthy way.
1: I hope I understand uh, correctly what you're asking. Um, The nude modeling, it's not uh, to me all sexual. I mean to to model without clothes it's just something that makes me to to just be free of everything you have nothing to to hide behind it's just you it's a way of um it's easier to express yourself because you can use your whole body and it's just the body I, i stopped being you know excited to take my clothes off in front of new photographers they will ask me if i need to go somewhere or have a robe or something. But I I really, I feel more relaxed when I'm not wearing any clothes. So, and I mean, to do an erotic shoot, of course, it's different. It could be anything. If you're in a forest or you, it's not a sexual thing. It's just the naked body. And I really, I I would, if I would wish for something, it's uh, for people not to be so... (laughs) It's not so special. Everyone has a body, and it's uh, we're all naked. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know if I'm answering correctly.
0: Oh yeah, because I I I agree with you. I'm you know I have Mm -hmm. my own personal opinions, and I'm curious though. The people who are involved in doing this kind of work, they have I think a very unique perspective. People who work with nudity, especially models, you're you're the subject matter, and you're putting yourself in that vulnerable. Uh, situation, you have a very unique outlook on all of this that I think a lot of people could benefit from because it allows you to play with these subject matters that are ve- very deeply human. You know, sexuality is mm. part of the majority of people's lives in one way or another, even if it's the absence of it. But these are just as much a part of our life, sexuality is, as death is. And so I think these sort of themes in, the, in these just fundamental human aspects are, to me, incredibly fascinating and something that I always try and understand more of. And I'm always curious just the people who are in this world, what they, how they see it and how they see it maybe differently and how it can even help other people.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I really wish it wouldn't be such a big deal, if you know what I mean, because yeah. I wish it would be really easy to just tell people that, you know, take, I'll take my clothes off in front of the camera and it's it's the most natural thing in the world. And I wish it wouldn't be such a big deal to be, to be naked and to use your body as a, a tool or an instrument or, you know, a way of expressing yourself. And
0: was it always that way though? Was it because I mean, for me, like I've been a model or I guess I should say been Mm -hmm. on the other end of the camera, you know, I've with friends or Mm -hmm. something like that. And it's kind of, Mm -hmm. it's when you first do it, it's a little uncomfortable, you know, it's Mm -hmm. difficult. It's that there's a psychological hurdle you kind of need to get over for myself anyway. And that's where I see Mm -hmm. the most people I work with, especially who are Mm new, new to nude modeling. Did you have that at all?
1: No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no. That's i was so awesome. happy I'm, to no, take I'm my glad. clothes
0: off. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's good. Is it but what why do you think that is? Because I don't think I really know of very many people that would say that. I think well actually my my wife was kind of like that. She said even remember she growing up, she tells stories where when she was younger, she would play this game where she would take her clothes off. And, you know, she's probably like 11 or 12 or somewhere around there. People were home, but she would go down and see basically if she could go down the steps and, mm. to the first floor without getting caught. And then uh-huh. she'd run upstairs and, you know, no one would see her or anything like that. But to her, it was this kind of game that she had fun with. Is, uh-huh. is there like a similar element to you? Because I think, like I said, most people, there's an insecurity mm and taking their Mm. clothes off and I myself Mm. is included and I have to kind of push myself to do it but it Mm. is a liberating thing why do you think that you maybe have that or or don't have that I guess element of shame around it
1: I think it's something I made myself get over when I I got to be a grown-up because I wasn't I don't really remember as a kid that I was uh, you know I would certainly not do the stuff that your wife did but When I was always running around when I was little with my uh, older cousins and, you know, everyone I was. But it's different when you get to be a teenager, then you get very insecure. I had eating disorders. I was super unhappy with my body. I felt uncomfortable. You know, everything was very, very difficult uh, up until I was, uh, you know, 22 or something. And then things started changing a little bit, you know, when you get into different kinds of relationships and you get to explore things. And I, it took a few years, but I think, especially when I know the, to be an insecure person and then to realize that when you're taking your clothes off with someone, that makes you feel less insecure because then there's just you and, I think that's part of it, but of course, to to model is something different. But no, I, as a grown up, I've always been comfortable. Um, I mean, since my early twenties, I was always comfortable taking my clothes off, especially when I got over my eating disorders and I kind of got more stable. <laughs>
0: what was the? Um, and you don't have to answer this if you want, don't want. But you mentioned your eating disorder. What? Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to overcome that? And what was it that you realized about yourself mm, that allowed you okay. to overcome that?
1: Well, it was, um, well, they lasted for a long time when I, from, I was like 16 until 24, more or less. I mean, less the later years, but yeah, it was many years. I, I really <clears throat> had a hard time and but the, the thing that made me get over it was, you know, getting into a relationship because then you realize that, you know, well, it's really, it it's messing up a relationship to have to hide things and to be this, you know, difficult about food and everything. It just doesn't work. And then I I got over it without help, but it, it really, you know, to get into a rela- relationship and, you know, start to have like more stable life and to also talk with people about you talk about your body shape and you'd start feeling more confident about yourself but it was a few years which were really difficult
0: what was so, it that, but
1: when i was old hmm?
0: well i was just gonna uh, what was there no I'm, i don't i'm sorry i interrupted you i was just curious did you realize something that kind of made you overcome that because you, know, you said you were talking mm-hmm. about relationships and it's mm-hmm. difficult to hide. And that maybe yeah. confronted you with some of the pain that you were dealing with. What was it that you realized about yourself? Or what was the pain point, And what was it that you mm. eventually understood that helped you overcome that?
1: To maybe to focus more on other people than yourself. Because when you get into... A relationship you have to worry about other people's problems more than your own it takes a bit of focus away from yourself i think it helps to be honest oh yeah to not have the time to be so self-obsessed and to worry about yourself all the time but to to open up a bit
0: i and i completely agree with how much of an impact that could have because i've seen that in in my life as well when you when you've it can be a little imprisoning at a certain point, but, um, you know, so you said you you were able to overcome this eating disorder and as you did that, is that when you really kind of started seeing your, I guess, like you said, your comfort with nudity, that's kind of when it really just kind of opened up. And
1: yeah, it was the start of it for sure. Mm.
0: Did you feel like you were maybe missing out when you were dealing with your eating disorder on that world?
1: I did. Yes.
0: Maybe making up for lost time?
1: Yeah, I guess I've been doing that ever since. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't really, uh, um, you know, a a very, you know, carefree, happy teenager or anything. I was always uh, struggling with things for sure. Yeah, I feel that I'm not making up for anything because I'm everything makes you the person you are and i don't regret anything in my whole life but i think um, i really wanted to yeah maybe it's it's the put me on this path where i want to explore and and do all these things that i'm doing because i didn't really do these things as a teenager i was uh no i was struggling too much I, i know all teenagers do but i was quite lonely and uh to being quite a lot by myself so and having a hard time dealing with other people so it took my time to it took me quite a while to find my place in the world and to to feel confident and not uh, nervous around other people and now it's um you know many years have passed and now i feel kind of you know at the right place in my life
0: when did you uh, gain that sense of peace
1: mm-hmm. It was around the time when I started modeling because I was a bit restless for a while. I mean the the film business kept me busy for quite some time and but I there was something missing because when you work on movies you're you're part of a very big team and you're uh helping other people to re, um make their visions come true and I really I think I needed a place to to be more visible or to be to express, to express more personal things. so I think at the time when I got into modeling, it was really the right time, and it really changed me and and has been the thing that really has made me come to peace or, or be this you know yeah to give me that kind of thing. Um, feeling of my life being a full and rich life
0: even just to hear that story to me is uh, Mm -hmm. encouraging I think Mm -hmm. it is to others as well and Mm -hmm. I I know that we're coming up here on on your time I don't want to take too much of your time here but I just had some real quick kind of last minute questions that I've been asking people and the first one is are there any books that have had a huge impact on your life that you recommend people read?
1: Yes, uh, really. Um, I read, um, you know, Ray Bradbury. Uh, No, I'm not familiar with that. No, um, that's one. He's a science fiction uh, writer and he wrote some really amazing stories. Uh, The Martian Chronicles. It's about... uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I have heard of that, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's one which has really made a big impact on me at the time I was reading it. I read a lot before. I read a lot of, you know, John Irving's stories. I found
0: anything in particular.
1: uh, I liked the the Cider House Rules um, a lot. I'm trying to think of one particular book that has made a big impact on me. Because I, I certainly have favorite writers and, um, but...
0: You kind I of follow more so the writers?
1: Yes, I, I sort of do. You know, I, I like Peter um,
0: It's almost Peter like following a, a director. Writes, uh,
1: my favorite director, that would be David Lynch.
0: Oh, yeah. And then, uh, but as far as books, you, what was the one that you mentioned uh, that right before David Lynch?
1: Yeah, it's Peter Straub. It's the, that's the writer. And he wrote a book called um, "If You Could See Me Now," which is really scary. But I wish I could have some more philosophical books for you. But I'm, no, no. I really like that. I'm, cu- I'm curious the scary to know. Stuff.
0: Yeah, no, no. By all means, if that—that's—I'm curious to know what it is that you're reading. What are what are some of the yeah. other authors? some of your favorites. Yeah, I like
1: Br- uh, Brett Easton and Alice. I wrote um, like the Rules of Attraction and uh, American Psycho and Less Than zero which is very good uh john steinbeck is also one of my favorites so it made me start dreaming about america so it's one of the reasons why i really wanted to go there and explore more
0: <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> david lynch what are some of your other favorite directors
1: i really like um david cronenberg
0: <laughs> oh yeah Cronenberg. So, yeah, yeah. I like him. What about bands? Bands? Yeah, music. Oh,
1: bands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I um, I like uh, electronic yeah, a lot. I listen a lot to electronic music when I work.
0: Any particular bands that...
1: Oh, I always loved the mode,
0: Oh, yeah. But yeah, the, they're great.
1: Yeah, and then,
0: um I really like
1: them.
0: I guess one last question. I know this is kind of a, a little bit of a difficult, maybe a difficult question. So if it's too much, don't worry about it. But i'm just curious to know what it is that you feel you contribute uh, positively to to the world that is unique to you
1: i don't know if it's unique to me but i i feel that like to be present and to be always curious and to love animals <laughs> and to be uh, you know just really kind to other people that you could you could come it could come far, and you can do a lot of things if you're really friend, just friendly, just be a nice person. I don't think it's pretty unique, but you know, it's uh, if I could, uh, you know, express that in some way, and not through my modeling necessarily. But I know a lot of people that would, um, you know, follow me in different places on social media. They they feel that, you know, I'm a friendly person. And still being able to do pretty extreme things if I, you know, if they know about my modeling. But just be a nice person. Care about other people and animals.
0: <laughs> I think that's a, a great place to end. You're modeling, you're a creative, you're in the movie industry. And you mm-hmm. seem, you know, from this conversation, you seem like a very nice and sincere and a good person. So... Mm-hmm. I think that it's obviously doable, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: you're you're good proof of that so where where do you want people to follow along?
1: Yes, well, there's the the Instagram, and then uh, at the moment, I have my website. Uh, you find the link to the website on my Instagram front page.
0: Can you spell your Instagram handle for us?
1: Yeah, it's i n g v i l d um and then it's um, e i r i n g ingvailing.
0: And then uh, there's a link to your website on on there.
1: Yeah, on the on the front page uh, and i n e and then there's a line an e dot squarespace dot com and then um. Reopening soon my my WordPress blog that I used to keep for for years, but then I closed it. But I'm reopening it again. But I'll put that on the Instagram front page as well, so people will find it.
0: Awesome. So basically, follow your Instagram. That's kind of where you interact with people the most.
1: Mhm. It is.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I, I really appreciate this. It's been a great meeting you and hopefully one day we'll actually be able to actually meet in person but i, I really appreciate you know everything that you contributed as, as well as your time and all of your insight
1: <laughs> well thank you so much i'm very happy i can be part of this and I, I hope to see you in person and maybe we could create something together
0: oh absolutely i, I would love it Thank you to everyone that has listened. If you enjoyed this episode and others, I would love to hear your feedback as well as any suggestions you might have. You can contact me at grant at gtrimble.com. That's G-R-A-N-T at G-T-R-I-M-B-L-E.com or visit my website for show notes at gtrimble.com and then click the podcast link. Don't forget to follow Ingvild on Instagram Since recording this episode, she actually started an IG specifically for her modeling. That is Ein underscore model. That's I-N-E underscore M-O-D-E-L. And there is the one she had mentioned as well, which is I-N-G-V-I-L-D-E-I-R-I-N-G, Ingvild Ehring. There is also my IG as well. That's G Trimble underscore photo. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your loved ones and show your support by clicking the subscribe button and leaving a review. And don't forget to spread the word.